every episode, we want to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the lands on which we meet. So today we're meeting on Gadigal land of the Darug and Eora people. Sovereignty was never ceded, and we want to pay our respect to the Aboriginal elders, past, present and emerging. This was, and always will be, Indigenous land. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, friends. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Assalamu alaikum, everyone. Welcome back to Everyone's Thinking It. What are we all thinking about? It's actually been a straight disaster. Me and Amina um, have tried to record this like four times. And, and I was um, like a last minute edition. I mean, Janan's like, okay, time to join again. <laughs> time to shine. Oh yeah, guys. Okay, introduction to Janan because we've had an introduction for us. So Janan, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, I am, well, I just finished uni. Alhamdulillah. Oh, I finished my honours thesis. Alhamdulillah. I'm wow. Academic Yeah, we absolutely stand, mashallah. Um, and now I'm ready to live my best life during these holidays and perform some dawah through this podcast Inshallah. and see where it goes. So, yeah. Yeah, Janan is, like, um, one of the coolest people I know. I'm not saying that just because we've been friends for, like, <laughs> over 10 years, but, mashallah, <laughs> she's hilarious. She's got a lot of quirks and she's very smart, mashallah. Oh like, thesis, Likewise. can't imagine. I think it was, yeah, what did you say, 20,000 words? words? guys. Like, Bruh. that's incredible. She's also a media <laughs> student, so she actually knows what she's doing compared to um, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, <laughs> Imposter syndrome coming out foreshadowing. Yeah, another yes. episode, inshallah. You and me know what's been happening in your life. Um, honestly, I've just been really busy with university. Unfortunately, mostly. She's doing the worst subjects. Just, I think yeah. the trio of subjects she chose are actually Terrible. killer I law think it's subjects. Choosing law. Do you yeah, in general, in general, do. it's like, do you hate yeah. yourself? Study law. law. <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's no. just like sem two of law is like all your core subjects that you have to do, and they're all like boring capitalist subjects that I actually. They're hate. the worst combination. Yeah, it's disgusting. <laughs> um, anyone who's interested in doing law, don't. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Do. But yeah, do it. Do it. But honestly, if anyone wants to talk about studying law, we're happy to give advice on that. So. Maybe you guys should just do a, an episode on, on law. If people are studying law, law. Yeah, yeah, why not? We are happy to. What about you, Amina? What have you been up to? Um, I'm just trying to survive to the end of this semester. We've only got three weeks, I think, left. I just finished my internship, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. So that was great. Um, yeah, other than that, I think me and Amina specifically are very excited because we're planning to go overseas, inshallah, in like a month's time. So we're just trying to hustle <laughs> through this semester, finish it, and, and then... We actually finish it out of this is like, Janelle was supposed to come with us, I'm but she's got Arab Arab parents. Yeah. <laughs> like, we got, we got <laughs> Arab parents, but like, yeah. quote-unquote Arab parents. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we're That's, very excited yeah, for that, excited. inshallah. So there will be a couple of episodes in Egypt, potentially, inshallah. Give you a bit of a different <laughs> atmospheric vibe. You'll probably hear car beeps the whole episode. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll see how that scene. goes. Um, yeah, so the topic of this episode is, am I the main character? And we really chose this this topic because I feel like it's something I've seen on social media like so much. I'm not sure about our audience. but Definitely like, a buzzword. Yeah. yeah. What Lots does main character mean to you guys? Uh, what does it mean to me? I mean, being the center of attention. <laughs> like, it's, it's, a, it's a descriptive word it's for my, my life. World. Everyone else is living in it. Um, no, I think this is why it's important that we speak about it in Islamic lens because it really should be centered around Islam. Mm. 
Yeah. In character for me, I feel like is someone who's romanticizing their life and they're someone who's seen, they always have attention and they always have an audience. The problem with that in po- popular culture is it's a very selfish way of looking at life. Yeah, very much so. It's, yeah, it's like centered around the self and not to get into a capitalist rant, but there, in many ways we are consumers nowadays before we are anything else, before we're students, before we're fa- like citizens we are consumers first so it's really easy to be focused on our own desires and needs because that's what society is centered on in many ways i guess um by the end of this episode we kind of want to realize that we are all the main characters of our own life in some degree um because our stories have all been written by allah who's the best of planners the most beautiful the source of love and peace itself so if we have that if we have allah as our writer really nothing can go wrong and we just want to make sure that we are present and kind of conscious in framing a lot as our audience and being conscious that he's our writer so that we can be kind to ourselves and to everyone around us as well, inshallah. inshallah. Yeah, inshallah. And I think on that topic of centering Allah as our audience, just remembering how Allah chose us to exist. Mm. And that's such a beautiful thing. Um, and he showed us the right path. He revealed Islam to us, alhamdulillah. And um, what is really important is you know, if you ever forget, am I important? Am I, you know, what is my value? But Allah wants us to go to Jannah. Mm. And he wants He wants us to live in eternal bliss and eternal happiness. And if we really make that the driving force for being the best people and the best Muslims we can be, then that will keep us steadfast. Inshallah. So, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, inshallah, inshallah. Inshallah, one day we're having these conversations in Jannah. Inshallah. Look back. Look back, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The ultimate goals. I think the question we want to unpack this episode is how do we frame ourselves as the main character while still exercising the care and love Amina spoke about for ourselves and recognizing the purpose that Janan has told us that Allah has honored us with this gift of life, inshallah. So this episode, we're going to speak about three sort of three general topics. The first is the role we play in our own life and the framing of our thinking about ourselves. Um, secondly, how we fit into our inner and wider communities, like the wider ummah. And lastly, we're going to reflect on the story we tell ourselves and why this is important for forming a strong identity as Muslim diaspora in the West. All main characters start their story with a big question mark. Who are we? And often who we are is a response to who we're performing for and who our audience is. I think the question of audience is really big and I think it's like something we've been discussing a lot like behind the camera, behind the scenes and obviously in Australia as well sometimes if we're not conscious we can, especially as women we can be performing kind of that like male gaze kind of idea but the beauty of Islam me. <laughs> couldn't be me speak for yourself well okay well that's the beauty of Islam it just immediately goes no to the male gaze no to whiteness no to all these other things that affect us and it's like your only audience is Allah and you centre everything you do in your daily life around Allah how is this pleasing to Allah how does it align with his divine attributes and what his his divine word that he's given us to live by mm. and I think that's something that we really want to try and do especially in our daily lives and in this podcast we want to frame our lives in terms of him and his beautiful, beautiful attributes. Now when we tell stories and stuff in this podcast, even if we have ideas, we want to kind of link it back to a name that we feel like really resonated with us in that moment. Or now in hindsight, we could feel Allah channeling that name through us beautiful. to make sure, yeah, we become just more conscious of him. I think to go off that, I want to pose this question to our audience. Who are you performing for? Who do you want to perceive you? And I think... It, 
That's a big It'd question. Be, yeah, perceived. Being, we, being, we hate being, being perceived. Being, yeah. <laughs> um, but honestly, which validation and attention are we seeking in our life? Who are we living for? Is it truly Allah? Like, are we actually singling out our actions towards him? Or are we trying to perform for society's expectations, our family's expectations? Are we worshipping money, um, fame, status? Like, there's all these external factors and we really want us to be conscious of Who's our audience? Is Allah actually our audience? Mm. And on that note, wherever you are in society, whether that's at home or at work, um, different people are seeing you at different times, but Allah is your eternal witness. Um, And so if we make sure that he is, you know, we have to remember that he is watching us always. And that really highlights the intention of making sure that everything we do is an act of worship in some way, you know. No, that's so beautiful. I was going to say, we really felt as Shahid, the witness in yeah. that moment. Like, just coming through, and even what you were saying, like, he's here with us now, and right now, all of this podcast is for him and him only. Yeah. So, like, as Muslims, we're supposed to be defined by our relationship to the eternal, because our identity is who we are, and our identity as Muslims is to be in submission to Allah, and in submission, we're actually living out the true reality as as what we were created to do, our fitra. And I love this concept of our fitra. We actually just came back from a class and the teacher mentioned fitra. And whenever we, I hear the word fitra, I'm like, yep. That's the fitra <laughs> time he's talking about the thing. It's like our favourite topic. You can actually recognise this in um, secular academia because, for instance, in this Dawah course that I'm doing currently, the we're going through how fitra is a basic fundamental principle that a lot of non-Muslims find and they're surprised by it. And I really recommend you guys look into, there's a book called Born Believers and he talks about how we're actually born with this belief in us to recognise a higher power, a grand creator. <laughs> also going to say, I know that because the fitra is an Islamic concept, but I think it also exists in like modern understandings of psychology today. It's kind of like your most purest self. And I actually came across this diagram that my beautiful friend Haley sent me, so shout out to her. Shout out Haley. Um, and it basically, the fitra it kind of includes seven C's, which is like meant to help you find your truest self and everyone kind of explores it differently. So it's curious, calm, confident, compassion, clarity, creativity, courageousness, and connectedness. So those are really broad categories. And basically, where where is this from? It's like a psychology principle about the self. So it's not actually an Islamic. No, it's not Islamic. Yeah, it's just about your purest self and a lot of like um, inner child work or work that allows you to reconnect to your nervous system and kind of find yourself in your body talks a lot about this like sense of self and it's like the pure sense of self which mm-hmm. is essentially the fitra um and i just like those seven c's because i think they're really broad and it manifests like differently for everyone so it's kind curious of, one of them curious yeah, one okay. of them. Yeah. yeah so it's kind of like that idea and that's what islam's all about it's about like seeking becoming, knowledge so yeah mm-hmm. seeking knowledge becoming your best self and kind of accessing those parts of yourself that already exist in you because we are all Again, main characters and, like, amazing beings in our own right. We just have to reconnect that amazing gift that Allah's given us. Yeah, and I think the purpose of this life is essentially to clear our fitras because it often is clouded through our experiences, our traumas, um, just rational thinking, 
all sorts of like we're exposed to so many isms nowadays and i think it just pollutes our fits right our simple way of living like life is supposed to be simple bro we're not meant to like pollute <laughs> it our- simplifies life yeah. in a lot of ways it's just meant to make you your best self physically spiritually intellectually mentally like that's it's it's main purpose is to make you your best self and your best self will be the most connected to Allah which I think is a really beautiful purpose I think just reflecting on the fitrah it really removes a lot of the pressure that this dunya puts on us we no Mm. longer feel like we're in a competition to outperform other people because we're just focused on our connection with God it just allows you to recognize the unique connection that everyone has with Allah so there's like it literally removes any form of competition whatsoever you're only ever cheering people on because the more connected they become with Allah the more connected you become with Allah and it becomes like a beautiful cycle of pushing each other forward in life I think that's the problem with being a main character in popular culture today it's a very nafsy nafsy mindset I'll get into what I think that means in a minute um I just think the whole main character trend, it's very contradictory to our basic human nature, our fitra, because it's forcing us to rely on ourselves and center our entire identity with our fleeting desires and experiences as people do in modern in the modern world today. Like they're Actually. identifying with their desires and whatever they choose to just wake up and decide to be that for that day, you know? It might be a controversial opinion, but like it's really dangerous to worship your feelings like if i feel this way today this is what i'm going to do like it's very important to acknowledge and give space to your feelings they're a big part of your identity but you have you can't let that dictate your life that's what islam teaches us at least you have a higher purpose beyond your feelings which i think actually gives us heaps of honor as humans that we have something more than that we are never defined by our bad days or anything like that Mm, definitely so the whole idea of a nafsi nafsi mindset I, have I told you guys this before? I've heard this story a few times, but it makes me laugh every single time. <laughs> so I got this idea from one day in Ramadan, me and my <laughs> friends, um, we went to the mosque for Fajr. It was like the first time we like we wanted to go pray at the mosque for Fajr. Um, but the mosque was like half an hour away and we woke up really late and we were like in a big rush. Like we pulled over the 7-Eleven to get sausages for sword <laughs> and like there was nothing open, yeah, which didn't make sense. Why wasn't, I think this year the suhoor time was really early. It was like four o'clock and like we drove around Greenacre. I'm like, why is there no mental shops Wait, open? Up, why were the mental shops not open? That is disgraceful. <laughs> <laughs> why are you not open at three? Yeah, like prime morning? time yeah. to make all your sales. Literally. Um, anyway, so we couldn't find any men whoosh. We went and got uh, sausage rolls. They were okay. The halal one's actually really good. Um, that's a side note. So we get to the mosque. We're running late to the mosque. And we're like, bro, we've woken up so early just to make it to the mosque for Fajr. And we were running late. So one of my friends didn't have wudu. And, <laughs> and, and we're like, um, sucks to be <laughs> We were like, and one of my friends, the other friend was like, nafsi, nafsi, bro. I'm not, I'm not going to be so I've come all this way. I'm not waiting for you to make wudu. Literally. So nafsi, nafsi pretty much means like myself, myself, me, me. And it's actually related to, it comes from this um, hadith in Sahih Khari about like how humanity on the day of judgment are going to be so preoccupied with themselves and they're, they're going to go from prophet to prophet asking for intercession um, with Allah. And each prophet is going to respond, nafsi, nafsi, they're only concerned with their own sin, which is actually when you reflect on it, like the prophets are concerned with their condition. It's so terrifying. Like, <laughs> why, why, like, 
if they're concerned, what about us? What about our condition in the eyes of a lot? SubhanAllah. We have a lot more to be concerned about. Yeah, literally. Yeah, I don't know about you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they're all going to respond nafsi-nafsi. And, like, on the Day of Judgment, we're all going to be focused on ourselves. Like, mothers aren't going to be concerned with their children. Like, no matter how close you are in this dunya, like, on the Day of Judgment, that all that matters is getting into Jannah. So mm. you're going to betray and like, it's like, <laughs> yeah. hey, every man for themselves, literally. Even your own limbs are going to betray you, let alone other people. Oh my God, judgment, that's so scary. terrifying. Yeah, so I feel like that's the whole problem with the main character idea. It's made this whole nafsi, nafsi mindset, but in the dunya. It's like we're not even in the akhirah yet and we're already more concerned about ourselves than anyone else. Like, we're not on day of judgment and we're already, we're already acting like that now. Inshallah, we can be more islamically based rooted like main characters just live out the main character story that Allah's written for us and part of that is does include the wider ummah as well which we will unpack very shortly too so the prophet sallam said um yeah he cried for us he cried for his ummah because of how much he loved us because he wanted the best for us when the prophet sallam was worried about what his ummah would become um Allah assured him that uh, I will make you pleased concerning your ummah and not be and not displeased. So if we really hang on to that, you know, we remember that we are honored to be part of this ummah. Um, and each and every one of us have this really important role. We are all important. We are all, we all hold value. Um, and so that comes back to our question, am I the main character? And so I think we all are in our own unique way, as long as that is based on Islamic values. Yeah. Yes, Pranala also beautifully put. I think it's also important to kind of consider how this identity that we have, like we want to base it on Islamic values, but ultimately, unfortunately, will also be shaped by the world, our external world and the world that we live in. So we have to be conscious of how other people's perceptions can affect our own identity or self-image, especially as we're discussing kind of reframing our thinking. We need to be conscious of what has previously framed our thinking and kind of unlearning some things that don't align with Islamic values or don't align with Allah's beautiful attributes. As Muslim women, I think often we're very politicised, just from our hijab specifically, walking through the streets. Like, we can all remember different stories of feeling othered. And I think as as well, like, it's a very unique story when you grow up wearing hijab, like, from a very young age, because it's, like, somewhat becomes part of your identity, like, it moulds into who you are. Just on that point as well, I think it's important to recognise this, because if you don't, then that that sense of otherness becomes part of your Muslim identity, and I think it's really important to distinguish, we're not the other, we are following the truth with, like, a capital D, alhamdulillah, because it's Allah's truth, yeah, the haq, so we have to be careful with that. And I think the first time this became really evident to me was probably when I was about 10 or 11. I used to play in a soccer club um, and I was the only scarfed girl there, although there was another Muslim girl in the team. But the rest of the team was kind of filled with like white Australians. And unfortunately, their perception of Islam was very clouded by the media. This is not too long after 9-11 as well, maybe like 9 or 10 years. So that was still like very big on people's minds, unfortunately. So I just used to get a lot of really inappropriate comments while we were playing, kind of like, it like kind of ranged from like snarky, like, are you hot in that comments when I'd be wearing like the scarf and my long sleeve with my soccer uniform, to like them being really embarrassed when we'd like verse other teams because I was scarved. And I think those comments were really insidious when I was trying to form my identity as a 10 year old. 
Um, but I think the real turning point for me in that kind of saga of my life was actually after we'd won. I think it was like the semi-finals or something. So it was like meant to be like a, a moment of excitement and joy and elation. And we're having like a little pizza party. Um, and we they'd gotten pizza from Domino's that the club, club had paid for. But obviously it wasn't halal. So my mum actually went out of her own money and decided to get like a pizza from like a shock in the camber or something that we know would be halal for me and for her and for the other Muslim girl in the team and their family and parents. And she just cops so much hate for it. They kept like making comments about, oh, you can't, as if you're in this country, you're bringing your own food, you won't even eat our food, what are you doing in our country? All those sorts of really disgusting comments. Oh, God forbid you buy pizza. <laughs> yeah, bro, <laughs> like, it tastes better as well. Yeah, oh, Domino's like, versus the Kemba yeah. pizza. Am I free to have some, please? It was like nice gourmet pizza with their like pepperoni Domino's. <laughs> Not to be My mum was like full, she's honestly the most kind, yeah, beautiful mashallah. soul, mashallah, mashallah. So she was like offering it to them. She's like, no, you guys like have some, like you're more than welcome to. And they're just sitting there hurling insults at her. And I think it's, like, one thing to get that yourself. But to see your mom go through that mm. from, like, other adults as well. Yeah. It's and ridiculous. Yeah, it was just really upsetting. And, like, it made me really, really, like, re-question my own religious identity. And, like, kind of the questions of, like, whether the scarf was worth it. Whether I would even be able to fit in with, like, kind of Australian society. Because I really liked playing soccer. But I, at that point in time, I wasn't even sure if it was possible to do whilst wearing the scarf. And I think on hindsight, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, obviously I was 10 at the time. I had no idea what was going on in my subconscious. But it just shows that Allah's always with you. Because I really felt like al-qawi, which is like the strength. But because um, I love Arabic words, they're always like a lot more specific than just like the English translation. So this meaning of Allah's name particularly kind of has connotations of like the most strong, like the most perfect power. It's an inexhaustible strength. And it's kind of the strength that allows you to see yourself in the power of Allah. So you're literally directly kind of channeling his strength. And once internalized, inshallah, this kind of strength and this insight can bring us like the courage to stand up for our identity, to stand up for injustice. And I think in that moment, he was really giving me that strength and kind of allowing it to be channeled through me. Because alhamdulillah, obviously kept the scarf on, kept alhamdulillah playing soccer. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, yeah. And I think it was just honestly... And then broke my knee. (laughs) (laughs) Story for another time. (laughs) My soccer career came to a dramatic end. Um, That was actually another racial incident. That was actually... That was Islamophobia. Someone genuinely broke my knee because she was Islamophobia. Shocking. That's actually... So your knee is a victim to Islamophobia. (laughs) Quite literally. No, it's actually a shocking. Yeah, it's really like, upsetting that soccer is so white in Australia. I don't know why. I need to find a more ethnic team. Yeah. Um, that's a story for another time. That's it. Yeah. But just Stay hamdulillah for Al-Qawi. Yeah. Coming up. <laughs> and just, hamdulillah for al Yeah. I think it just reminds us that Allah is always our audience, whether we acknowledge him or not. And by mm. acknowledging him as our audience, we just allow ourselves to channel him more purely. Because he's always going to be with us. He loves yeah. us. We're his mm. creation. But now we can kind of acknowledge and be grateful for him channeling. Yeah, yeah like in that us. moment, you could have chosen to prioritize the West as your audience and be like, obviously, it's, it was would have been easier to just like take off the hijab and assimilate and just eat their non halal. Yeah. Um, into inferior pizza. <laughs> it would have been easier to make them exactly. your audience, but you chose like specifically to to align yourself to Allah as your only audience and to single him out as your audience like even though you're only 10 years old but yeah and I think yeah and on top of that killing them with kindness as well because yeah you know there was no retaliation there was you you just you accepted it and your mum offered them pizza as well so channeling 
um, Allah's names, Al Latif, which is the most kind. Yes. You know, what which is beautiful name. We are an embodiment yeah. of kindness, of good, and that just connects to um, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. You know, he's throwing stones, but how did he respond to that? Mm, he made dua yeah. for their progeny. Yeah. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. I think that's actually really beautiful that in Islam, the ideas of strength and kindness go hand in hand. Mm. To be strong is to be kind. Yeah. Like it takes strength to be kind. Um, and alhamdulillah for that in that moment. Alhamdulillah. alhamdulillah. Okay, so now we want to bring the discussion back to the role we play in other people's lives and the wider ummah. And I think we need to recognize that the nature of humanity is that we're all interconnected. We don't exist in silos alone. We're all connected to our families, our communities, our friends, our ancestry. We're full of stories and memories that wouldn't be memories if it wasn't for our relationship with others. Exactly that, like the Ummah is so central to our identity as Muslims. And there's a really beautiful hadith um, that says the believers in their mutual kindness, compassion and sympathy are just like one body. When one of the limbs suffers, the whole body responds to it with wakefulness and fever. And it's in Bukhari and Muslim. And I think it's like really beautiful to internalise that. And it kind of seems paradoxical at times, but like our identity does not actually involve a complete focus on us. As humans, we are naturally part of a larger collective, part of this larger ummah. And our sense of our identity is really shaped by that. So we have to become conscious of how and why it's being shaped by that and what influences we are actually taking on and also then how we are giving back to the ummah and it all kind of goes hand in hand. Also worth noting our responsibility not only to the ummah but to the earth itself because it's been given as in a manner or like a trust to us by Allah. So something to look forward to inshallah we'll unpack that trust that we've been given a little bit more in our climate change episode because we have a lot of thoughts on that as well specifically. Yeah and like wider activism in that space. A beautiful concept I heard not long ago in a lecture I attended was that Duats, the secret weapon of a believer, are the arrows that never miss. And we are all answers to other people's duats. We are all woven together in the realm of duats. Each of us are an answer to another person's prayers. And we're all a means by which Allah facilitates his qadr. It's really beautiful when you've been making dua for something for a very long time. And then you forget about it. And then later on you realize that Allah answered your dua and you have that thing. Yeah. And that, you know, honestly, just like, okay, pose this question to the audience. Like, just take a moment to just reflect on where you are at this point in your life and think back to a time where you didn't have what you have. Mm. And I'm I'm sure that we can all think about these one, two, three things that we didn't have a few years ago that you'd be shocked that you have now. Like, alhamdulillah. Straight out. Actually, I have like a little journal thing and one of the lists I make is like du'ats that I've made that have now been answered. Wow. That's a really good idea. Alhamdulillah. I make a lot of du'ats though. So like, (laughs) Oh, like oh yeah well, like one big ones that I've been answered like when we got like our house and stuff like that like mm. those like really big life changing ones were getting alhamdulillah 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 getting like the job that I wanted like those ones so when I when it's kind of difficult I'm in a difficult headspace it's I can go back to it and like feel that gratitude again like Allah answers all our prayers we just have to believe that it's coming because it always yeah. is alhamdulillah and always that remember them. that Allah wants you to ask yeah, yeah. He, he inspired you to, you to yeah. make that dua on the topic of presence and what role we play in other people's lives, um, we can really connect this to the Prophet ﷺ. Whenever he met anyone, he treated them like they were his best friend. And that's really beautiful. He made everyone feel special. Um, he would turn to that person in body language and give them his attention with his respect, regardless of who they were. Mm. This was Habibullah. Um, so who are we to ignore people or give people the cold shoulder we should 
treat everyone like they're our friends and um, be close with as many people as we can. This mm. is always an act of da'wah and an act of um, inspiring and embodying Islam yeah. amongst other people. Yeah, so I think that sort of links into how we should be acting as characters in other people's lives yeah. and the role we play in their lives. Meaning we're supposed to be of benefit, we're supposed to be kind, we're supposed to have that emotional intelligence and that interpersonal relationships. By the way, I'm going to book plug. <laughs> There's this yes. book called With the Heart in Mind and it's absolutely amazing. It talks all about um, the Prophet Wasallam's like emotional intelligence and the way he interacts with other people. And it's subhanAllah, he's the embodiment of the... Of, of character that we're supposed to try to strive towards and especially in his relationships with other people we can learn a lot so inshallah we can do that i think it also reminds me of there there's a hadith about how the most beloved of people to allah are those who are most beneficial to people and when i thought about this topic of the role we have the wider ummah um i really like it stood out to me that we're not supposed to be alone. We're supposed to be connected. We're supposed to be involved. We're supposed to get out there. We're supposed to be people of action. We're supposed to be doing dawah. We're supposed to, we're like, alhamdulillah, we started our own halakha circle. Yeah, um, maintaining those ties of kinship with those hard relationships with family members. Getting involved with just like your university. Um, anything that you can get involved with, I really encourage it. Because we're not supposed to be alone. I think the joy you can find in watching your friends or your family flourish is unlike any other joy. Like, it's so beautiful to see that the people you love who've work- been working hard for something for so long kind of, like, achieve their goals. And it's, like, really lovely to, yeah, be able to celebrate with them and kind of channel our Rahman, the most merciful, the most compassionate in those moments as well. Um, a lot less amazing as than the hadith or anything like that but i remember a like this mystery novel i read when i was like 10 or something and each of the characters kind of had their like personal quotes that they lived by they were like 14 at the time so as a 10 year old i'm like this is so cool they're like teenagers (laughs) but i remember one of them said always be a little bit kinder than you have to be in every situation always be like just that little bit more kinder than you have to be and that really stuck with me even to now when i'm like 21 years old I think it's just really important to maintain. I think if you're kind, like kindness just flows. If you're kind to people, kindness will just come back to you mm. in so many different ways. And I think, again, that's as Janan mentioned, it's a lot of coming back, the gentle, the kind. And just if you're kind to people, imagine how kind he will be to you. I think yeah, that actually, yeah, reminds me of really, really quick story. Um, but at a at Coles the other day, <laughs> a mistake with, with one of the items, I had to swap it. And the lady was like in a real rush to leave. She was like, I'm finishing my shift. And she's mm. just, you can tell she's Been really there. impatient. <laughs> and I get, we get it, right? Yeah. We get, you're, you're finishing, but you just can't get out because this customer wants this. And it's really annoying. So I asked her, you know, hey, can you please swap this? She's like, oh, I just, I want to finish my shift. I'm like, yeah, I know how it gets. I'm really sorry about that. I hope you can, you know, enjoy the rest of your day. She was like, yeah, it's fine, actually. And then, you know, she went ahead and she, like, swapped mm, it without any yeah. drama. But, you know, usually as a customer, you're like, why would I ever have to apologize? They're doing their job. But and I don't say this story <laughs> to <laughs> but, but why not be kind? 
Yeah. yeah. Why not? Especially Besides, customer service. Exactly. As no, you know, you know what they're going through. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a rough job and we've all been there. And it, it, <laughs> it, <laughs> sorry, like actual trauma. Yeah, like, like actual me and Amina both worked you know, out all these problems. So imagine imagine yeah. a customer was to, you know, actually be kind and say, yeah, I, I know how you feel. And it's like, yeah. But thank you for doing yeah. this for it's me. So and I appreciate really it. Yeah. Someone's day, to be you honest, because you feel like a human. You feel like you're actually being treated exactly. with compassion, and that's what Islam is all about. It's reconnecting to that humanness that we have inside. <laughs> I'm of sorry. Us. This just reminded me of a time where someone growled at me. <laughs> Pandemic people oh, lost it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, be kind, don't growl at people. <laughs> be nice. Please. But can you imagine, you know, all of these customers are so rude and horrible, but then that one Muslim customer, that scarfed woman, is the one who apologizes and says something so, kind yeah. to you. That's I mean, yeah, that that's is Dawah. You know? Because we're supposed to represent our deen to them, like, especially a scarfed woman, to the yeah. best of our ability, inshallah. Mm. To finish up this episode, I really want us to be um, aware of how much we're investing into the dunya and what seeds we're planting for our akhira. I like to call them akhira investments. Yeah. Um, no cryptocurrency for us, but we're investing in Say subhanallah wa bihamdi right now and it plants you a tree in Jannah, I think. <laughs> we say all the darts. Just do your ad card with us. Reminder, that do your ad card if you haven't done it. Ad card ASMR coming soon. <laughs> Why did you talk in the ASMR? Um, yeah. For all the non-Muslims, repeat after me. <laughs> you won't regret it. We promise. No TikToks. I promise I used to do that in primary school. Yeah, we all do. Lee, if you're ever listening to this, you're a Muslim. <laughs> it's going to come in clutch one day. On the day that counts the most. Exactly. <laughs> Um, okay, yeah, make sure you're investing into your akhira, um, more so than you are into your dunya, because, like, a lot of the times we get so caught up into the dunya that, like, we get burnt out, we're putting too much of our effort, and we need to take a step back and reprioritize what's important. As diaspora, we're, we're, like, actually in unprecedented times. For the first time in human history, we're all so far away from our ancestral homelands. Many of us can say, can't even say that we visited the places we're meant to call home. Personally, I never visited Egypt until I was like 18 years old. I still haven't visited Lebanon. Have you visited I've Lebanon? Visited yeah. Lebanon. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I didn't go to Egypt properly that I could actually remember till 2019. Inshallah, this year we're going back. So yes, maybe we'll reconnect with our again. roots. Yeah, inshallah. <laughs> and the Mahshi and the Kushiri. Yes. Um, but oh. yeah, a lot of us haven't have lost our native mother tongues. That, that's partially one of the reasons we're going to Egypt because we want to learn Arabic properly, inshallah. inshallah. And the language of our history is so important. Like, it's literally being colonized. Like, okay, now I sound like Amino, but... <laughs> but facts. <laughs> and also, I think we need to remember that the Islamic tradition is incredibly rich. There's so many Islamic sciences. There's so many, like, long-standing traditions. And I think we get caught up in, like, Western institutions and Western education. And, like, university is amazing. Obviously, we've all going to university. Again, congrats to Janan for just finishing. Whoa, so well. And I think that is important to ground ourselves, but we need to also ground ourselves in our Islamic sciences. I think as young people, this is something we should start looking towards as the Australian Muslim or Muslim Australian diaspora. Even just the Fardain, like the knowledge we're meant mm. to have, the obligatories. Like, I, I think it's very shocking that we're so fine that like dedicating what over 12 to like 16 years of our life plus on education, secular education, and we don't even know 
like the basics like thick of just like prayer like we need to like really reframe our thinking about what we're prioritizing basically um also living in sydney it's so accessible yeah um you know there are so many places who do who hold classes for us um and you know there's never really an excuse for you know not seeking out that knowledge so inshallah we can all have that genuine intention to seek that knowledge. Inshallah. And also, I think, yes. I was say, if you guys are interested and want to know more, like literally slide into our podcast Instagram DMs and we're happy to recommend places depending on what sort of knowledge you want to find just based Definitely. on our own experiences, inshallah. Yeah. And there's all those communities out there. Like sisters are so willing to help, yeah. um, especially us, inshallah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the story we tell ourselves about our history, who we are and who we want to be is what shapes our identity ultimately. When we don't write our own narratives, other people will write it for us. Basically, what we're trying to say is, if you don't define who you are, you will be defined. got this idea from this guy called Nadri. I've been following him for ages. Um, he has this YouTube account called Benny, and he makes mad videos, so definitely check him out. I do know who he is. Mm. He has, like, really aesthetic videos, mm. yeah, and he makes, like, good cooking videos. <laughs> Side note. But yeah, I think that's why it's so important to recognise when we're performing for others and not singling out Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as our audience in life because we're, in fact, giving other people power over our identity and our stories. And the whole concept of tawheed, like, the ahad, the one, we're supposed to be singling out Allah in everything we do. We're not supposed to be giving power to anyone else because ultimately no one else is worthy as an audience than Allah. It's like honour yourself the way that you should be honoured. The only person who can should view you in your entirety, who we should be performing for, is Allah. Like other people are beautiful and lovely, but he's the only one worthy of our performance, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We need to ask ourselves as Muslim diaspora, where does our deen fit into our story? Before we end off with a practical activity, I really want to mention this. Omar radiallahu anhu mentioned, take yourself to account before you are taken to account, weigh your actions before they are weighed, and beautify yourself for the ultimate presentation, subhanAllah. Um, so we want to end the, every episode, as we were saying last time, with a practical activity. So today's practical activity is writing your own personal constitution. So it only take about 10 minutes, inshallah, and it's basically sitting down and really asking yourself a couple of big questions. So firstly, what values are driving your life or what values are you centering your life on? Who are you performing for? Who is your real audience and whose attention do you actually want in life? What is your goal and ambition in this life? What's your super objective? Is it really Jannah? And not just Jannah, is it Jannah till for adults where we inshallah, inshallah, yeah, <laughs> gaze upon the eyes of Allah. Like it's beautiful to want to go for Jannah, but... Honestly, we can aim even higher than that. We can aim for Allah, which is allows us to kind of even supersede the punishment and rewards. We just want to know Allah for the sake of knowing him. So these are kind of the questions we want you guys to ask yourself. And in asking yourself those questions, you kind of write down a personal constitution of things that you want to do to gain that closeness with Allah. Because you know yourself best. And by knowing yourself and your soul a little bit more, you gain more knowledge of Allah as well. So we've all done it and it's we've found it to be pretty useful in our lives and kind of centering ourselves a little bit more. Because if we don't stand for anything, we become someone who stands for nothing and we become kind of what society tells us. And ultimately, our aim as Muslims is to become what Allah tells us and to kind of, yeah, embody his purest qualities Inshallah. as much as we can in our human form. I think we got this idea for a personal constitution from a chef that we attended a class a few weeks ago. It's a very useful idea because you can always come back to that constitution and you can always change it based on your life experiences. But it's really good to 
have those non-negotiables, things that you know you're not going to compromise on and reprioritize and reconfigure your life every time you drift off the track because it's inevitable. You're always going to drift back and forth and come back. But the whole purpose of turning back, we're supposed to turn back to Allah every single time. Underrated, but every time we do, we pray and we say the Fatiha, like we say in the Fatiha, keep us on Surat al-Mustaqim, which is a straight path. And I think there's a reason why Allah made us ask him of that five times a day, because we're going to naturally drift. We just have to keep asking him to keep us on the straight path. And inshallah, if we walk towards him, he runs towards us. So we can never like lose sight of his mercy and his love. It just reminds me, I have this sticker on my computer. It says, Thank you to Iman for giving me the sticker (laughs) (laughs) she'll be in the next episode inshallah or one of the next episodes it pretty much means oh turner of the heart keep my heart firm upon your deen so we each have our own individual tests and struggles in life that are between us and allah and this constitution really allows you to recognize them and listen to allah May Allah forgive us all for our shortcomings and allow us to single him out as our audience, inshallah. I mean, also want to give a massive shout out to our friend Maria, who made the audio you guys hear. Our creative director. She made the audio at the beginning of this podcast and we just want to say big ups to her. It's an incredible sound. So, alhamdulillah, such talented, talented friend.